0: Trumos per Gimel 3, 9. We're not going to talk about separations that were taken by non-Jews. Fascinating question. You'll recall from the beginning of the Misech, the first Mishnah said that a non-Jew can't take Truma. But that was referring to a non-Jew taking Truma on behalf of Jewish produce. Our Mishnah here is considering the question, what happens if a non-Jew has his own field in Eretz Yisrael and he grows his wheat over there and he wants to separate some wheat as Truma and give it to a Kohen? He wants to do the right thing. He wants to do a mitzvah. Uh, is that effective? When he says, it's Shuman, does that even work? Does it do anything? So our mission is going to come out according to the Tanakhama and the Halacha is yes, it is effective. There, there's a lot of like potential baggage here about contingencies and how we deal with the issue of if when a non-Jew owns a piece of Eretz Israel, does that exempt it from tithing and so on. In this Mishnah, the Tanakhama holds the non-Jew's property in Eretz Israel is for sure obligated obligated in tithing and potential, and if the non-Jew gives it, it is binding, and indeed it's, it is what he said it is, and it is truma if he calls it truma. And not only that, the Rambam in the parish Mishnah speaks out, um, and he also elaborates quite a, a important importantly in the in the Yad at the end in Hilchus Malachim, that a non-Jew who does such a thing will get sachar. He's headed to heaven on behalf of his mitzvah. In other words, he's fulfilling a mitzvah by giving truma. Even though he's not, a, he's ain't a mitzvah, He's not commanded to give truma, he's only commanded in the seven mitzvahs, the seven mitzvahs, or seven categories of mitzvahs, I'll even call them, that non-Jews have to keep, and giving truma certainly isn't on that list of seven, um, but if he does, he will get reward for it, meaning in Shemaim, in heaven, in the life, uh, provided other conditions are met, whatever it is, but he you know, all things being equal, he, he'll he get reward for it, and um, just he gets reward as an enu mitzuvah osa he gets a lesser reward because he's getting the reward of, some, of someone who is not commanded, yet he does it. So the same way um, any time a person does a I'll call it a good deed, um, but he's not mitzuvah, he's not commanded to do it, so then he'll have less reward than someone who, who did the act uh, because he was commanded to do it. So why that would be, maybe it's beyond the scope of this mission right now, um, but it certainly occurs, like for example, women are exempt from shaking a lulav on sukkahs. Like we said lots of times, um, there are uh, eight mitzvahs, as mangrama, eight mitzvahs that are time-bound that women are exempt from, um, and one of them is shaking a lulav, and if a woman does shake a lulav, she will get z'char, she'll get reward, but not as much reward as a man, because she's an enum mitzvah She has not been commanded to shake a lulav, so when she does it anyways, her... Act as a meritorious act, but there's less merit. Again, why that would be is not the topic we want to discuss right now. In any case, so that's what's happening here. So the Tanakhama therefore says Hanachri, a non-Jew, vaKusi. You'll recall the Kusim were those Samaritans. They were brought from Kusa in the time of the after Babylonians exiled the Jews from the north, um, and they and they excuse me the Assyrians. I apologize after the Assyrians um, chased away the, the Ten Lost Tribes in the north. In Israel, so they replaced that population with the Kusim, and the Kusim were questionable if they were Jewish or not Jewish, um, because they, after being attacked by lions, they decided that it must be the local god doesn't agree with their behavior, and they converted to being Jewish. But there's always a question if it was a legitimate conversion or if it was a a lion conversion, if you will, a lion in, in, inspired in conversion, not a, not a Hashem inspired conversion. And there's actually a split in the Tanaim if they're really Jewish or not Jewish. So that persists throughout the Mishnahis. Um, After the Mishnah is closed, it's discovered that these um, Kusim, the Samaritans, who are still around today in small numbers, by the way, um, have an idol set up in Grizim in the shape of a dove, and therefore they ruled there certainly have a status of being non-Jewish. But in the time of the Mishnah, it was not clear, and this Mishnah seems to lump the Kusi, the Samaritans, with the Nachri, the non-Jews. So it seems to treat them as non-Jews, but even so, both the Nachri, the non-Jew, and the Kusi, the Samaritan, or whatever his status is, is um, that if Trumas and Truma, if they separate Truma, it is binding, what they separate is Truma has the status of Truma, meaning, for just for example, now a non Kohen may not eat that, that food because it's Truma. Midoraisa Aisa, Umas and Maser. Similarly, if they separate Maser for Levi, that's binding, Vegetation and Hekdesh. And, what they separate as hektish, meaning they say this animal should be an ola, uh, you know, they take a sheep and say this will be a korban as an ola. That's also binding, like a Jew. And actually, the reason why they can separate truman meister and be binding is because there's sukkim that allow for a non-Jew to create an animal to be an ola as a korban, as a and they can actually bring that um, animal to mikdash it will be offered, etc. On the mizbeach. So since they have the power to create uh, a korban ola, they have the power to create truman meister as well. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, totally off topic. Let's just skip that for a minute, okay? And the Chum Yeshlo say yes, they do have Ravai. We'll come back to that. But the next line I wanna I wanna focus on now. We'll come back to the other part. Truma sanachri, the Tanakama holds the truma that's designated by the non-Jew. It's full-blown truma in every sense, truma midoraisa, and because of that, it's Midama'as. It creates the Dimuah mixture. Meaning, if some of the Truma that a nachri sets aside falls in with chulin. The mixture isn't going by the usual rules of majority. Um, but if you have Minbamino mixed mixing together, two of the same type of food mixing together, you need to have more than 99 times or 100 times of the permissible foodstuff to annul the one part of truma that fell in. And also the in chomish, we said many times, if a, a, if a czar, a non-kohen, inadvertently eats truma, so he has to, of course, he's like an in- unintentional thief, so he has to replace what he stole, um, for sure, by eating the truma, he let's say he ate these, he ate these four truma grapes, he'll have to um, replace with four other grapes and, to give to the Kohen, but in addition, there's like an additional penalty, um, which is to add a fifth grape, a chomesh, um, as part of his atonement process, even um, if it's some akiv, it's required, and that being the case, we're saying since the truma that a separates is bona fide truma midoraisa. If a czar, a non-kohan, eats the truma set aside by a non-Jew, he has to replace not just what he ate, but also chomish, and a fifth one for every four he ate. Fine. And Rabbi Shimon Poter, Rabbi Shimon disagrees, and he says, no, there's no obligation to (coughs) give a chomish, because Rabbi Shimon holds that the truma... That a non-Jew separates is not real truma; it's only truma midor meaning the rabbi said, "Okay, we'll treat it as truma; we'll pretend it's truma; it'll have a rabbinic status of truma, but it's only truma midor not midor And that being the case, it doesn't have the power to do things like require chomish, etc. Um, fine, but halach is actually like the Tanakhama, meaning we poskin that that the truma that a non-Jew separates is indeed truma. Okay, now I skipped something there about, about revai. Let me go back to that now. So revai means fourth, and there's a mechlokas tanaim and it crops up throughout the Mishnahis if this fourth referring to fourth year of produce applies to all trees, fourth year fruit for all trees, or if it applies just to the fourth year produce of a vineyard. Okay? Our mission refers to carim revai, meaning the fourth year produce of a vineyard. Let's just stick to that. Let's talk about grapevines and assume that's the scope of it, although the halacha, we actually treat the requirements of revive to apply to all, all fruit trees in in uh, yeah. So here's the here's the, the backstory. When a f- fruit tree or grape vine for its first three years, all the grapes on the vine, all the fruit is totally forbidden. It's called Orla. Totally forbidden. The same word as um the foreskin prior to brismila, also called orla, same same word. It's forbidden, it's prescribed, it's set aside. It's not for consumption. So um, those are the first three years. In the fourth year, so the produce has a status of not orally anymore. It's permissible, but it's restricted. It's called revai, fourth year produce, and it's treated the same way that Meisr Shani is treated, meaning that it's taken up to Shalim, and uh, it can be redeemed onto a coin. It's eaten over there. It has to be eaten there at tahara, etc. So... The question our mission is considering is, if a non-Jew owns a field, or in this case, let's say a vineyard, um, if his grapes in the fourth year have a status of revi or not. There's a bit of a split in the mafarshin before talking about eretz israel or even chutz Laretz. Um So that's fascinating. Um, the requirements of of orla certainly apply outside of eretz israel as as well. Um, although their application is a little different, but they have planted various roles as well. So here the Mishnah says, inside, um, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, ain't la nachri ravai. Rabbi Yehuda says, a non-Jew, his vineyard doesn't, there's no such thing as ravai, fourth year potos in a vineyard for non-Jews. But the Chum Omerim Yeshlo, the Chum Dacham say, yes, there is. And of course, um, that's remarkable if you understand this to be referring to Chutzlar, which maybe actually, which you'll have to say because it seems that from other sources, so Rabbi Yehuda holds, that um we must talk about chutzlarts so that'll mean the chham even the chutzlarats outside of Israel, fourth year produce of at least in a vineyard by non-Jew has all sorts of restrictions. And the lacha is like the chachamim. Okay? So the lacha is that that there is revai um for fourth year produce even if it was grown by by a non Jew. Um, yeah, and that's that. So that'll have big ramifications for the food we eat and how we eat it. I'm in Eretz Ad HaYom for sure.